Art of the Kickstart, episode 68. Welcome to the theartofthekickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating and creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Before we jump into the interview, if you're looking for crowdfunding fulfillment, make sure you talk to eFulfillmentService.com. They're a small company. That means they've got your back. Check them out. Guys, one of the questions that I've been getting a ton from listeners is how do I know if my Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to launch? It's ready to dominate. So you know what? I created a 23-step success guide based off the 80 inventor interviews consulting that I've done. This will take you step-by-step through launching your Kickstarter campaign, making sure you have everything that you need to make it happen. Artofthekickstart.com slash checklist to get our 23-step guide to making sure you're ready to kill it on Kickstarter. Check it out, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we've got a revolutionary podcast for you guys planned. We've got the founder of Funded by Me, Arno Schmidt, on the line to share the story of building a crowdfunding platform Someone to change the world. I don't even know how to describe it. We're just going to jump into it and let Arno do the best that he can. Thank you so much for coming today, Arno. I'm pumped to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of like pumped to be on the to be on the show and share our story with you guys. So before we dig into the platform, before we dig into your story, a success quote, a life quote. That's what we like to start these off with. So you got anything good? Oh man, just just keep knocking down the doors. That's the only thing that I would say. Never give up. Uh, you know, the the road of entrepreneurship is is quite hard, and often you're going to have a lot of people that say no to you. I think just you know, follow your dreams. Absolutely, follow your dreams, and people will say no to you. That's kind of how Funded by Me started. Can you take us through the story of how a Kickstarter rejection led you down this journey? Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, you kind of like brought it up there initially, you know, but I'll I'll go back to the actual beginnings in. In about September 2010, we, we had an idea that we were working on, and uh, at that stage, the idea was called Ideas for Change. And the whole concept of it was essentially just to take a lot of crowdsourced information and create a platform where people that had ideas or had knowledge about particular ideas could essentially share it with people that needed more information on ideas. And if I could take a very simple example, you might have someone in the U.S. that knows how to use any day household items to desalinate water or create clean drinking water and someone in a third world country might you know not know how to do that but it would be really really valuable information we thought that if we could essentially bring these two parties together you know we would be able to create a rich database of uh, essentially a community that's willing to share a lot of their information based on particular projects or particular things that people are looking to achieve now as we kind of like got started with this, you know, as any company out there, you you trial and error. There's a couple of big milestones that you actually hit at the end of the day. But like any company, you know, you need some financing. And we were kind of like looking towards, you know, traditional financing and financing here in Sweden. And we essentially kind of like boiled it down to the fact that we wanted to essentially crowdsource or crowdfund a lot of our uh, fund initial funds in the initial initial stage. So we... At that stage, discovered one of the only players who was out there who was obviously Kickstarter, approached them at a very early stage and, you know, kind of like pitched our idea to them and very early got into a discussion where they said that, you know, they didn't think it was valuable to the to the U.S. community. They didn't think 
well, sorry, it wasn't valuable to their community. You had to be living in the U.S. You need to, needed to have a U.S. bank account. And essentially, you know, we kind of like got turned down, but that wouldn't actually stop us because we thought, that, well, you know, if it's only kind of like the U.S. aspect of it, which is stopping us, we'll reach out to a friend in, in San Francisco and help them, or sorry, help uh, get them to help us actually put up the, uh, the project online. So we uh, did it. You know, kind of like had the same discussion going on. And after a couple of emails back and forth, Kickstarter eventually kind of like declined us. And we just thought that, hey, you know, if we are two people sitting in Europe trying to get access to this particular tool, I'm sure there's a lot of other people that has the similar need. Let's actually go out and build it. So we took a basic page or connected a couple of rewards to it, said that we wanted to raise some money, reached out to, you know, friends and family. And within a space of in a space of about 60 days, we ended up raising about uh, 11,000 euros. During that stage, we gave away some basic things. It was like, you know, 10 euros and we'll give you a hug. 20 yeah. euros, we'll give you a T-shirt. And then for some higher levels, we actually said that we'll come and we'll come and have a little bit of a session at your at your work, at your workplace, at an event and actually speak about crowdfunding and how it can be useful for your company or organization. So luckily, we managed to get all of our funds as we needed. We then reinvested that back into the, the first version of the platform. And in the first or on the 1st of March, 2011, the first version of Funded by Me was released. So let me jump back into that for a sec. I got a quick question to follow up. So Kickstarter shut you guys down. What about Indiegogo? Did you ever think about reaching out to them? I know they weren't as big at the time as Kickstarter, but what was the thought process going through your team? I mean, we were a pretty small team at that stage, but we all came from a, you know, either the fact that we have been working within kind of like engineering or people that have been working in digital arts and so on. So we had the technical abilities and the technical skill inside of the company to actually do this. My my co-founder comes from an, from the art scene and he thought that there would be a direct correlation to be able to reach out to some of those artists and actually get them to you know, publish a lot of their projects online. And that was that was a lot of the early validation that we needed in order to see that, okay, well, we have this idea, let's actually reach out to them and see if they would be willing to, to test it out if we actually launch something like this. So, you know, the early crowdfunding, the kind of like the validation from a lot of our customers saying that they were willing to use the product once it actually goes live and the actual kind of like, you know, acceleration from there was uh, was good enough for us to say, well, you know, let's not even kind of like look further. Let's just let's just turn it into our own and see what we can make out of this. So you've got this big issue and you want to solve it. You start working on that a few years ago. Let's fast forward to today. How big is Funded by Me? What are you guys at size-wise in terms of campaigners creating campaigns, mm-hmm. businesses being built? Give us a little bit of a background on you guys so we can get a bigger picture view. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, during during the stage when we did actually launch the first version of Funded by Me, it was very much still a hobby project. You know, we were working on a lot of like freelancing stuff. We were working for a couple of big brand names, just doing a lot of consultancy and so on. Meanwhile, you know, Funded by Me was ticking along quite nicely, but it didn't have that hockey stick effect yet. So for roughly about a year, we played around with it really as a concept until we actually incorporated it into a company. And then once we incorporated into a company, you know, we really kind of like went back to our customers and had a lot of discussions. And the bulk of the feedback that we actually got from them was it's really great that we can actually 
come up with a couple of perks and sell some of our products beforehand. But what be what would be even better for us is if we could essentially give away ownership inside of the company. And at that stage, you know, the Jobs Act in the U.S. was getting was being a really really hot topic, and we thought, well, here is kind of like a real point of differentiation that could actually set us aside from you know some of the other players out there who are Kickstarter, Indiegogo. And obviously there was quite a few more that actually had already been working pretty successfully at that stage. So we then, we got a little bit of funding. We uh, kind of like took all of that funding, reinvested it back into the platform, built our uh, equity crowdfunding model. And essentially when we launched it, we uh, got a couple of business angels on board that helped us accelerate the business to where it is today. And uh, kind of like looking now, Two years down the line, since we've actually launched equity crowdfunding, we're 18 staff. We have done deals. We've, we've closed about 45 different equity cases. And these equity cases started very small in the beginning. They used to raise between about 75,000 to 150,000 euros. But now we've seen some substantial deals that have done anywhere between um, about 300,000 euros up to even 600,000 euros. So explain equity crowdfunding for people out there. A lot of people, especially the U.S.-based crowd, aren't as familiar with equity-based versus rewards-based crowdfunding. Give us that top-level view of a basic breakdown, how the differences yeah. work. I mean, the, the easiest way to kind of like explain it would be then to say that, you know, it's almost like Kickstarter, but instead of buying products, you're actually buying into the company. So you get a share of the company at the end of the day. You own a percentage of the company. So you're almost like the stock market for startups, something that's helping them get launched in almost IPO-esque fashion, right? Exactly, yeah. So it's it's not really companies that are, you know, at this stage listing on the stock market, but it's companies that are either seeking seed financing or they're kind of like seeking to, to, uh, to essentially, you know, get more investors on board into their company. And it's companies that are um, essentially not listed on the stock market at this stage. So you're doing this and you're working, you're building the campaign or you're building the the platform around really three different types of crowdfunding, equity-based, lending or debt-based and rewards-based. What have you guys seen in your team? What's the most successful? What do people usually go for in your situation? People that come to go or funded by me. What kind of campaigns yeah. do you get? Yeah, I mean, so since since reward-based crowdfunding has been around for a very, very long time, you know, that, that has pretty much become a bit of a, a self-running model, so to speak. Uh, in terms of equity crowdfunding, there's still a lot of people that, and still uh, the bulk of the startups who are a little bit unsure about how they should actually structure their equity deals. So it's been a bit of a mixture between kind of like equity and loans. But when it comes down to kind of like loans, what some of the early indicators that we've actually seen is that, you know, we have a really, really good base of investors that are already using the platform that are coming back time after time again, investing, actually, you know, sometimes even taking board seats inside of the companies and really just making use of their experience and their skill set in order to help these entrepreneurs go from where they are today to where they want to be tomorrow. The other things also that we've seen really works for us and for our investment community is the fact that, you know, consumer products and technology is kind of like the top two categories that is really striking a good tone with our investors. So you're doing this. Why not completely differentiate yourself? I got to ask this. Why not Hmm. just do equity-based crowdfunding and be completely different from Kickstarter? What's the thought process for covering all three? 
And how can other inventors kind of and entrepreneurs learn from that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, you know, having having kind of like gone through let's call it the initial phase of launching our first product and then the second one and now in the process of launching the third one, it has been I, I do believe that we did have some sort of identity crisis at the beginning and a lot of people were like, okay, well, it's just another Kickstarter, which it isn't clearly. But the thing that we've been able to position ourselves into right now is that where we want to be is we want to be a one-stop shop for businesses. People, if people want, or if some, if an entrepreneur wants to create a business, we've got a product for them. If they need to establish themselves a little bit further, then we have a product for them. Or if they really want to grow their business, then we will have a product for them. So thereby we're actually kind of like branding ourselves and really positioning ourselves for, you know, people that are looking to kind of like take that leap in business. You know, either they want to create a little uh, coffee cafe, a cycling cafe, or maybe they have an existing cafe that needs a little bit more extra capital in. Or if the coffee brand is so big that they're looking to kind of like start export, then they might be able to take on board a loan. So what I think is interesting, crowdfunding has been growing in popularity year over year. The one big issue is it has lagged so much in Europe compared to in the States because of Kickstarter and Indiegogo focusing mainly on North America. Take me through the situation in Europe. I've interviewed quite a few European Kickstarters, crowdfunders, and they all seem to say the same thing, that it's not quite as good as it could be in the States. Where do you see crowdfunding going in Europe, and how are you guys using the weaknesses of Kickstarter and Indiegogo there currently to strengthen yourselves, to build up Funded by Me as a European powerhouse? Yeah, I mean, it's um, so there's a few questions in there, and hopefully I'll answer all of them with one yeah, shot. I, ter- I have a terrible habit of doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I think some of the weaknesses that we've been able to, and, and I think a lot of a lot of the other platforms are essentially doing this, is that a lot of people are niching themselves. A lot of people are focusing on one particular segment of the market because they know that if you're going to be focusing on everything at the end of the day, then you know, you're going to be kind of like jack of all trades, but you're never going to be good at the thing that you should be. And that's why a lot of people are choosing one particular segment. You know, either they're choosing uh, kind of like business or they're choosing, you know, the creative side of certain things or they're only choosing, let's say, apps. So those are the things that I think a lot of people have started to kind of like really strike a good tone with. And they've been able to develop their own communities inside of this whole kind of like crowdfunding spectrum. And I think that, you know, yes, Kickstarter has, I would say Kickstarter has the biggest brand recognition. Obviously, Indiegogo has been around for a little bit longer. There's, you know, Celeband uh, that was actually in the UK. That was one of the first ones. But, you know, maybe timing just wasn't right for them. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of people have been able to find their way in order to stand out from a lot of the competitors and have already had some really, really good successes. You mean, I mean, you look at, you know, Cedars are doing some great things in the UK. Uh, Funding Circle is doing some really good things. You know, Crowdcube as well. Like everyone is, I would say that everyone is actually doing something really good for entrepreneurship. And it doesn't matter if we're doing that in Sweden today or if we're doing that in the UK tomorrow. I just think that the fact that everyone is fighting for entrepreneurship and actually helping make all of these uh, crowdfunding dollars available a little bit, a little bit easier for entrepreneurs is already solving a massive problem. Yeah, you're not so much rivals, you're competitive businesses working towards the same long-term goal. You're all trying to help innovation, entrepreneurship, invention enter the world, and I think you guys are doing a great job of it. One of the things that I want to ask you about now, Arno, 
One of the most powerful things that I've found are stories. Let's get some real stories of success cases on Funded by Me. Share some of the entrepreneurs that have really been inspirational to you that you think others could connect with and learn from. Yeah, so there's, um, you know, one of the one of the early guys uh, that actually came to us. It was uh, two PR guys, and now we're talking particularly about equity crowdfunding. Two PR guys that has always had this this kind of like fascination with creating everything fake free. And by fake free, I mean kind of like you know they strive for the best quality when it comes to ecological ecological ingredients. And they they've been really kind of like mad at how Absolute Vodka has been able to kind of like establish themselves in the market, but in saying that, you know, it's the best thing out there when they're using a lot of like artificial, a lot of artificial flavoring. So these guys have really kind of like taken a stab at it and said, you know, we're going to brand ourselves as little as possible, but we want to let our product talk for itself. So at the very beginning, when we just launched the equity crowdfunding kind of like business leg, these guys came to us and they were one of the early ones that actually believed in us. And in a space of about eight weeks, they raised 118,000 euros from 103 investors. And it doesn't matter whether these people paid like 79 euros to become, you know, the smallest investor or a lot of, a lot of the other people that ended up paying, let's say, you know, 50,000, 79,000 euros. These guys did a fantastic job. And what they actually realized was, you know, the power of the crowd and how they could use it at the end of the day. These guys in Sweden, one of the hardest things that you can do is have your alcohol listed because everything is everything is regulated by the government. So there's only one particular like alcohol reseller here in Sweden and it's regulated by the government. And what these guys did is they said to all of the 103 investors once they round closed was Guys, we need you to go out, go to your local pub, restaurant or bar, order a Bloody Mary and just start a dialogue with them and just basically say, hey, what type of vodka have you been using? You know, have you heard about this product? Would you like to kind of like try it out? And in a space of about six months, these guys went from a no name brand to getting a online listing with System Bulaget, who is, again, the kind of like the conglomerate for alcoholic sales here in Sweden to then nine months later being in 32 of these stores and already starting to export internationally. So they're taking off. And that's the awesome thing about crowdfunding is the power that it has to take people from idea to business. That's what I love. That's why I wanted to get you on here because it is so cool to get the background, the perspective from somebody, not necessarily the inventor, the creator, but the person helping to make that happen. Honestly, that's the goal of this podcast is just that people can learn and take it to the next level. But what you're doing is so much further beyond that. And that's why I'm excited to have you on, Arno. It's good, man. Thanks a lot for having us. I want to jump now to the launch round. How's that sound? Yeah, sure. Hey, guys, if you've been listening to Art of the Kickstart for any length of time, that means two things. A, you're getting ready for a Kickstarter campaign and you're going to make something absolutely amazing to send out into the world. And B, you've heard about our show sponsor, eFulfillmentService.com. If you're about to run a Kickstarter campaign and you need help with fulfillment, with shipping all those rewards and products out to backers, and you just don't have the time or don't want to deal with the headache of doing it, then go to artofthekickstart.com slash EFS, where you can get somebody that's actually experienced helping crowdfunding campaigns make it happen. They'll work with you, they'll talk to you, and it's actually personal. This isn't some massive Amazon FBA. Check them out. Artofthekickstart.com slash EFS. Welcome to the launch round. 
where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. Guys, I have an awesome update I want to tell you about. I asked you guys, what do you need? What's holding you back from crowdfunding success, from building the business you all want to build? Overwhelmingly, it was challenges with Kickstarter, launching campaigns. You guys wanted a step-by-step course walking you through exactly what it takes to succeed on Kickstarter. So that's what we're building. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart launch course. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash course, you can check out and pre-order the course that's going to take you through each and every single stage of running a successful Kickstarter campaign. This is based off of 80 inventor interviews, consulting with clients, and working so much more with crowdfunding. If you want a step-by-step guide to take you through exactly what it takes to succeed, this is for you. Pre-order today or just learn more at artofthekickstart.com slash course. First question for you, Arno. You've done some pretty crazy stuff already as an entrepreneur. Did you have any entrepreneurial role models or people you looked up to growing up that really influenced you? Um, I would say my dad. My dad has been a pretty big, pretty big role model in the way that I've been kind of like risen or uh, brought up and just a lot of the early findings of entrepreneurship in myself. You know, I started, I, I was talking about this with, with a couple of staff the other day and I didn't realize it, but when I was six years old, I actually got a certificate from the municipality of the, one of the little one of the little towns that I was staying in, and I was one of the only kids who was only or who was allowed to sell popcorn at the public swimming pool. So there's kind of like the early early signs of entrepreneurship right there. So it's pretty deeply nested through some of our role models. Oh gosh, popcorn at a swimming pool. That sounds like a terrible idea. It's going to get all in there and clog up the filters and make a mess. But everyone loves yeah. popcorn. It ended up working pretty good. So that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you, you got to this point. So I'm pretty sure uh, you learned something from it. Okay. Next question for you, Arno. So hmm. business books, life books, have there been any that have been real influential on you getting to this point? Things that you'd want to share with other people, people getting started? Yeah, one of the books that I picked up quite recently, which is a, it's a book by Bill Walsh, and it's called The Score Will Take Care of Itself. It's a book about kind of like leadership and how he took the San Francisco 49ers from being the worst team in the NFL to winning four Super Bowls in a row. And I think he has a lot of, especially for like first time founders. And, you know, if you're looking towards kind of like putting together a team, looking towards establishing a culture inside of a company, focusing on a different type of leadership, I would definitely recommend that you pick up this book and go through it. It's it's an amazing read and there's a lot you can learn from it. That is really awesome. I've never actually heard of the book, but it brings up a really cool question. Mm. So, Arno, you're Swedish. We're talking about American football. What's the deal? Give me a breakdown. What do you watch for sports? What do you enjoy? And is American football something on your playlist? Actually, actually, I'm not Swedish. Just a correction there. I'm actually oh, from. Oh no! Now I feel terrible. That's all right. I'm I'm actually Namibian. I was born in Namibia, which used to be called Southwest Africa back in the days, and it used to border on the northwestern side of South Africa. So I, I only moved to Sweden about five years ago. And I think the thing with uh, with American football and kind of like sports, it's the national sport in South Africa is rugby. And I used to play that quite a lot as a kid during college, kind of like growing up. So I, I can relate to that quite deeply. And uh, yeah. I, up until about two years ago, I actually played rugby here in Sweden. So That is awesome. I think rugby players are absolutely ballers. 
What would you rather go down in history as? A great entrepreneur, someone who created a great business, or someone that empowered great entrepreneurs? Oh, I think I would rather go down as someone that actually empowered a lot of entrepreneurs. I think one of the one of the important things that I try and do inside of the company is, you know, always figure out a way in how we can educate people and actually give back rather than just take, take, take. So, um, you know, my legacy that I would like to leave on people just even just inside of the organization is that they should always think about kind of like education. If there's a new staff member that's actually coming on board, you know, helping them instill a great culture inside of our company and eventually create a, a company that's actually bigger than us, you know, something that's going to it's going to last for many more years and that can be taken on by um, by a lot of other people. So, yeah, that is absolutely everyone's goal to create something meaningful. And I think you're doing a great job of that right now. My last question, the future of crowdfunding, where is it going? Where do you see it 10, 20 years down the road as it applies to starting a business? It's so hard to tell. I mean, this this thing, I don't even think that we've scratched the bottom of it yet. I honestly believe that the way that people are going to be financing their businesses and where they're actually going to be finding financing is already changing. But the fact that we now have a lot of like online investing platforms, we have managed or we have ways and means of, of kind of like tracking investors and tracking movement and creating like social change between each other. I think we're just kind of like figuring out like how this whole ecosystem is going to look within the next five to 10 years. And I honestly believe that you know, the, the possibilities that crowdfunding is actually allowing us to do is the fact that even if you are someone sitting in a very small city that has an amazing company, has an amazing idea, you will be able to help. You will be able to kind of like help yourself with a lot of these platforms and find a community that is willing to support you, back you, invest into you and just, you know, go out and kind of like do something that you've always wanted to do before. It's just pure empowerment for creativity. That's why I love it. That's why I started the podcast. And that's why I wanted to get you on here. Let's jump back to Funded by Me. So typically, this is where I would ask Kickstarter creators, campaign creators. Sorry, it's Art of the Kickstart. That's just what we call it. We can call it Art of the Go uh, Funded by Me. It just doesn't sound quite (laughs) as catchy. But this is where I typically ask about mistakes people made, challenges they had, and what they would do differently. Let's look at it in an interesting point of view. Funded by me, if you were starting the company again today, what would you do differently? What would you change? I would actually spend, I think that I would spend more time actually building the team from the beginning. In terms of the team, it it plays, you know, one of the most important parts inside of your organization. I mean, I, I can say that now that you know, we've, we've been lucky enough to, to create a company which is amazing and we've been able to attract some really, really good talent. You know, people that used to work for like Rocket Internet, Microsoft, Spotify, Facebook. I mean, these, these are all of the people that are working inside of the organization right now. And had I known what I know right now, I would have spent a lot more time kind of like focusing on, you know, the strategy of the business and figuring out what we want to do with it. But yeah, sometimes you just got to bumble. Yeah, it's more about kind of like putting yourself into into different positions and, you know, being able to embrace feedback that a lot of other people are giving you. So, you know, you should be really, really open to kind of like constructive criticism and just being able to 
improve on yourself on a daily, quarterly, weekly basis. Yeah, take feedback, listen to the stuff that makes sense, work on improving it. My last question for you, Arno, you've been a really cool guest to have on. It's been a little bit of a different style interview, but I've really enjoyed it. My question is, from what you've seen running one of the most successful crowdfunding platforms, what piece of advice would you offer to inventors, entrepreneurs, and people that want to launch their own campaigns, build their own businesses, and change the world? If you could tell them one thing, what would you be telling them? Go out and speak to your potential customers. Absolutely. Eric Reese is loving what you're saying right now. Lean startup, guys. <laughs> Read it if you haven't checked it out. Arno basically just pitched it. Thank you yes. so much for coming on today, Arno. You've been an awesome guest. If people want to check you out, if they want to launch a campaign, or they just want to say thanks for being an awesome guest, where's the best mm -hmm. place for them to do it? So they can go to fundedbyme.com, or alternatively, if they want to reach out to us, they can reach me. It is arno, A-R-N-O, at fundedbyme.com, and uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us at any time. Guys, reach out, say thanks. If you've got a crowdfunding campaign, especially in Europe, make sure that you guys check them out. They could definitely be a great option for you. There's not much in terms of crowd equity, and they're starting to take over the market. Thank you so much for coming today, Arno. You've been an amazing guest. Thanks a lot, Matt. Awesome, and thank you guys as well for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like this show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely epic day.